Thanks, you guys. That was great. Good morning. I am impressed by the number of people who are here because it's right after Christmas and the roads are icy and nice job, everybody. Wouldn't it be great if you got like extra credit in heaven when you came on the really icy day? Uh, You don't. Um, (laughs) Not as far as I know. Um, Okay, well, my name is Dana and uh, I'm one of the pastors here at Erickson Covenant Church. Um, I'm really delighted to be here this morning and before I get started, have you ever heard of the game Two Truths and a Lie? Do you know this game? Okay, well, if you, you're not supposed to lie in church, but um, I really want to play this game with you this morning. So <laughs> I checked with God. He said it was okay. We're making a little exception. And um, so here's how the game goes. I'm going to tell you three things about myself, and then you're going to write down in your bulletin which one you think is the lie. Okay, you might want to get a pen. I don't know. It's not like that serious of a game. Here we go. Here are the three things you write down which one you think is a lie. First thing, I attended a French university for the first two years of my degree. Tricky, okay. Uh, The second thing is the most exotic pet that I've ever had was a pony. And the third thing is it has snowed every time I've been to Edmonton. Okay, so everybody write down their guess. Which one of those things do you think is a lie? A lie, yeah. You have to write down the lie, not the truth. There's two truths and one lie. Okay. Um, So the last Sunday of each month here at Erickson Covenant Church, we're doing a special uh, service called Meeting the Neighbors. And uh, what we do is we interview people from the congregation, and we get a chance to hear a little bit about someone's story, someone who might sit near us, you know, every week, but we've never really gotten to know them yet. And it's really important that we do that, that we get to know each other. It develops empathy. (laughs) It builds connection. It forms bonds between us when we know something about someone else's story. We start to feel like we belong together instead of feeling like we're on the outside all the time. And our small groups have really been learning about that this fall. If you've been in a small group, every week a different member of the group has taken a few minutes to share their story. And that has been so interesting, like really, really powerful. What a great opportunity. So many things that we would have no way of knowing about one another, right? So many things that just, they just don't come up during coffee hour chit-chat on a regular Sunday, right? I bet you've all had this experience where you see someone and you have kind of superficial interactions with them multiple times and you develop an opinion of them. And it's primarily based on assumptions that you're making, but it's probably right, right? And then for some reason, one day you really get talking and a whole story comes out, a whole background of rich, textured, complex experience comes into view and suddenly your assumptions all fall away and you find yourself seeing that person as if it were the very first time. That's some of the magic of sharing our stories. And so once a month we try to do that. And if you happen to be visiting with us this morning, I just want to be 
uh, I just want you to know that we usually preach. You know, we usually have a full sermon and the pastors expound some scripture and, uh, and we know how to do that. In fact, we just finished <laughs> a great sermon series uh, called Wrapped in uh, Advent where we tried to dig into stories of familiar Christmas characters and we talked about how we get ready for Christmas. Um, and if you want to hear any of our Sunday messages, you're just really pining for the sermon this morning. They're all available on our website at ericsoncovenant.ca. But this morning is going to be stories, and then after that we're going to take communion together because that's the way that our forefathers, foremothers in the faith, um, have always come together around the table that Jesus invites all of us to. So I have some guests for you this morning, some great guests. We usually have three, but somebody has bronchitis, so we only have two, and we're glad that bronchitis stayed at home. Um, Well, that sounded terrible, but, uh, but, you know, I think we, don't, we, we want him to keep that to himself, and, and he wants that too. So um, the very first person who's going to come up is David Bala, and I think, can I just, yeah, can you move that up here for me? And David is going to come up here to the front. David, do you want to come up here? Come on up. This is going to be your chair right up here. On, pardon? On this side. Hello. Good job, sir. Oh, yeah, that's me. Perfect. Okay, so you hop up in this chair. It's a little bit spinny, but that's okay. Okay, is that good? Maybe a little bit closer. Oh, we got one right here. Okay, this is your microphone. You can hold it like that. You want to say hi? Hi. It does work. Perfect. Okay. Hi there. How you doing? Good. Okay. You put your mouth right by that. Okay. Thanks so much for answering my questions this morning. Uh, David and I used to be real neighbors, didn't we? Yeah, because I used to rent an apartment from his parents, and so we know each other pretty well. Right? So I'm going to ask you some questions. Here we go. David, how old are you? Six. Six? When was your birthday? Put it in front of your head. My birthday's today. What? It is? Well, I didn't even know that. Good thing I asked that question. Do you think we should sing happy birthday to you? Yes. We could. Okay. You guys want to? That's special. Okay, here we go. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear David. Happy birthday to you. That's so exciting. It's your birthday. Do you know what kind of cake you're going to have? Is the microphone right up here? Are you going to have cake? Yes. I'll hold it. It's cream. It's cream? No, it's cream. It has cream cheese on it. That's the best kind of cake. Did you make it or did mom make it? That's so nice. And you made it? Okay. Um, David, do you go to school? Yeah. What school do you go to? Kindergarten. To kindergarten. Is it fun? Yeah, you like it? That's good. And um, what do you do for fun? What things do you like to do for fun? I'm testing levels on Lexia. 
passing levels on Lexia. Ta can you tell me what Lexia is? I have not heard of that. Lexia is a computer, and and it and we we learn stuff on it. Oh, it's a learning computer game. Oh, that's good. Okay, that's great. What do you like to do for fun at your house? Like to fly like kites. Yeah, we used to do that together. Oh, cool. Okay, that's good. Okay, I'm going to ask you some questions about church. How long have you gone to this church? Not sure. But have you ever gone to a different church? No. no, so maybe you went here your whole life. That's six whole years. I know, you don't want me to help you. Okay, that's fine. And what class are you in when you come to this church? What Sunday school class? The orange room. What's special about that room? Mm. Is there a special creature in there? A puppet? Do you remember him? Oh, it's been a little while. Do you remember Oscar the orangutan? Oscar the orangutan. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What is one thing that you really like about going to church? Tell me again. That, that was a good answer. What do you like about church? E eating all the yummy cake. Eating all the yummy cake. So that's good. Yeah, we all like that. That's my favorite part, too. Um, what, what is something that you're learning about God or about Jesus right now? Are you learning something about Jesus? Like singing? Say, yeah, put it in here. We want to hear. Do you like singing to Jesus? Yeah. Oh, that's nice. I bet you do. Do you have a favorite thing about God? What's the best thing about God? He has powers. Oh, the superpowers. God's like the best superhero, isn't he? Yeah. If you could have any superpower at all, what one would you pick? Um, I don't know. Would you want to fly, maybe? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. David, thank you very much for answering all my questions. I'll take this microphone back, and you can go to your Sunday school class. Good job. <laughs> wow. Came on his birthday. That's so nice. Oh, it's really good. Um, wonderful. Okay, and then I'm going to invite Nellie Halliday to come and join me up here. Um, Nellie is a longtime neighbor at this church. She might be the person who has been at this church the longest, even though David has gone here his whole life. <coughs> but she and I have just only started to get to know each other recently, and I'm really delighted that she said she'd come and talk to me. Is that okay? a little spinny. We can spin around. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Thanks for being here. Okay. Well, Nellie, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you spend your days. Well, <laughs> I've been in this church a long time, and uh, what do I do with my days? Um, I do lots of jigsaw puzzles, crossword puzzles. Um, I go visiting uh, at the lodges where my sister is. 
and uh, and other places too where there's somebody that I need to visit if I can get there. And uh, I also make my own greeting cards, so that keeps me busy because I have quite a large family. <laughs> it stretches out, and so I'm always making cards, it seems. so. And uh, I just enjoy my life, and I'm so glad that God is in my life. For a long time, he wasn't. And I'm just so very thankful, and I just love being able to do what I can still do. That's great. I forgot to ask if it was your birthday today. No, no. no my birthday's in November. That'd be pretty <laughs> special, though, wouldn't it? If we had two people with birthdays, I'm going to aim for that next time. Oh, that's great. <laughs> oh, that's good. Well, Nellie, would you tell us about how this place became your home church? Well, in 1942, March 1942, my parents moved here from Alberta, and uh, <coughs> they they came because an old doctor that I was not well when I was little. I was quite sickly, and this doctor told my parents that if they could go to a climate that was warmer and um, that had lots of fruit, that it would help a lot. So my dad and two other guys come and come to Creston and look things over, and all three decided that this is where they were coming. Hmm. And so my dad, we in 42, we packed up and we moved here to the Creston Valley. Wow. At first we lived just a little bit in the highway cabins because the house that we were to rent until my dad could look around a little more uh, was um, just, we had to stay in the motel there, the highway cabins for Mm -hmm. a couple of days or so. And we did that. And uh, my dad went for a walk one morning and just around the corner where the road turns there, I... That was where the church sat, Hmm. this little white church. And my dad came back and he said, told my mom, he said, we're going to go to that little church on Sunday. Hmm. And we came from a Mormon background when we left Barnwell, Alberta. That was the only church there. So if you wanted to go to church, that was the only church to go to at that time. But my dad was never, never happy going to church there, but he did go. But anyway, we went to church in this little white church around the corner that Sunday. And um, they just welcomed us. They made us feel so at home. Hmm. Um, It was just people just swarmed around us after church and welcomed us there and, and come and wanted to. Well, one family took us home with them for lunch <laughs> that day even and uh, because we were living in the in the cabins. Hmm. And that's where we stayed. We never left that church. My dad was so impressed with the people and the way that we were received uh, that that's when we started going to this little church in 1942, and I'm still going to this church. 
That's so great. I've heard so many stories about how people came to Creston, but that one's my favorite. If you could just find a climate that was warmer and had a lot of fruit, that would be good. <laughs> and and here it is. <laughs> oh, I love that. And so then when you were a young adult, you went away to the Covenant Bible College yes, for a while, right? Yes, I went right? to Prince Albert, Saskatchewan, to the, uh, to the, it was CBI then, Covenant Bible Institute at that time, and uh, it was in in Saskatchewan, and so the principal had come through the different churches to kind of promote the, t- the school, and uh, so a girlfriend and I, we, uh, after the church service, we took one of the things to fill out, and, and uh, we didn't tell our parents, and we took it. And uh, we took one of them, and we filled them out, and we sent them in without any, our parents knowing. <laughs> and so when we got accepted, we got our letters of acceptance uh, that we were to, could go to Bible school that year. And uh, her parents were very, very unhappy because they didn't want her to go to no Bible school. Yes, that is and the ultimate teenage rebellion, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Off to Bible college. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, and my parents were glad I was accepted all right, but they didn't think, they said, I, I, you can't go because we just don't have the money to go. And so there was some bad feelings, and uh, I, had, I was supposed to let the school know that I was not going to be able to be there. But the pastor that we had at the church at that time had an old car. He sold that old car and paid my tuition for the first year of going to go to Bible school. Wow. And I'll never forget it. Mm. It was just something that just happened. And uh, I was pretty homesick when I first the first few little while I was there, but I got over that, and I used to cry when I would get a letter, and I would cry if I didn't get a letter, (laughs) and uh, so I was really homesick. Oh, no. But uh, people used to take me to their homes, and and, uh, for an afternoon or evening or something, and I got over it finally, and was able to enjoy the rest of the year that uh, I went, and I went for three years. There was It was a three-year course, and um, the second year, uh, my parents sent me for the first semester. I was able to go, and then they were going to pay for the second semester when the time come. Well, when the time come, they didn't have the money, and so I got a train ticket, telling me that I was to come home because I couldn't stay because they didn't have the money to pay that. And so here a bunch of the girls were helping me pack my trunk. Mm -hmm. We were all crying, and uh, pretty soon the principal came up the steps to the third floor where we were, and he said, what's going on here? He said, what's all this crying for? And so one of the girls said, well, Nellie's got to go home. We don't want her to go home. And, uh, and he said, well, quit crying. He said, she doesn't have to go home. And we all looked and said, why? 
and he said, someone has come forward and paid her tuition for her second semester. Wow. To wow. this day, I have no idea who that was, wow. except that it was somebody from Alberta. So I don't know who it was, but they paid mm. so I could stay my second semester that second year. Wow. So in my third year, of course, I went. I was able to go from mm. my parents, very saving up so that I could go to spend the two semesters. And uh, graduated from there in uh, 52, and uh, or 51, and um, it was three of the best years of my life. Huh. It was those Bible school days, and I learned so much about God and learned to love Him more and more. That's really good. <laughs> oh man. Um, we have some photo albums that I'll tell you about in a bit, but there is a photo album particularly of Nellie's time at Bible College at the back. So if you want to see, uh, it really does look like they had a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, it's really good. That's really good. Um, so I wonder then, you have been at Erickson Covenant Church for a long time, like since 1942, is that what you said? Yes. 42? Wow. What is something that you like that you see now that you like about the way that it's changing and growing? Well, there's been a lot of changes through the years, yeah. many changes. And uh, some I really was happy about. Others I wasn't quite sure, but I, I just prayed lots. Mm. Um, I still do, and I still... And now I feel so at peace mm. with everything, no matter what it is. Mm. Uh, I just feel that God is there and God is doing it. And he's w been in my life before I even knew he was. And uh, that it was just, um, so I've just come to grips with that the changes are for the better. Okay, this is a kind of a big question. You you knew it was coming, but so how how did you come to love and follow Jesus for yourself? Well, when we came to this to the little church and around the corner and went there, I learned lots about Jesus and about ha having Him into my heart. But it was also new to me, so different from the church I had been going to in Alberta. And so I was a little confused at times, and but I just loved what I was hearing, but I never really accepted the Lord into my life until 48, hmm. 1948. Um, our pastor took a group of us in the Sunday school bus down to a, a youth rally in Spokane, Washington, because Spokane was back and forth with us at that time in the Covenant Church, and I don't think that church is there anymore. But um, we went to this youth rally, and that speaker was just so good and s explained things so well to us. And in the end, he had an altar call, and I went forward and accepted God into my life. Mm. 
and I'm so thankful I did. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so powerful. That's so great. And so then, like, I I have so appreciated, as we've talked about, hearing about what it was like for you as a child being in church and then as a young adult and then being at, at the um, Covenant Bible Institute. And then what is what is God teaching you now in this season in your life? I think more to just be at peace, hmm. not to let things get to me and... Like um, in 2015, I was in Alberta and got sick. And uh, mm. the doctor there told my daughter that you need to get the family together. You have a lot of decisions to make mm. because he thought I had lung cancer. And um, the word went back home here and to the Malmo church where my daughter attended, we went. There was just prayers going up all over mm. for me. And um, my son from uh, Rocky Mountain House came to visit me there in the hospital once. And then him and my daughter and them went for lunch afterwards. And, and they were talking. They told me about this. They couldn't believe how mom was so calm and so at peace. Huh. She wasn't, he said, usually she'd be in tears and she'd be crying. And and they said, she huh. just seems so at peace. She's not worried about anything. And and I, it was God hmm. that was in my life there and giving wow. me that peace that things were going to be all right. Hmm. And uh, as it happened, those, that, thing that was on my lung that they thought was cancer maybe it was I don't know but it started the daughter doctor started taking MRIs and different things and every time he took one it was smaller the spot spot was smaller and wow. he kept saying to my daughter and I, I he said I don't know what's happening he said mm. but that is it's really small he mm. said it's just fading away almost and I said well God did it and he kind of looked at me and he said you know you could be right <laughs> and that was oh wow I went to see a specialist in Edmonton they wanted his uh, say on it and uh, he had you come in with this thing on a paper of two lungs uh, drawn and he had one of them was all black with a pencil and uh, he said uh, he said this he said is what you you had when you first started this journey he said and he took his eraser and he erased it all <laughs> and he said and this is what it is now wow and I went home <laughs> I was in Alberta for a week or so more just to get some strength back and stuff, and then I came home. Wow. And I just praise God for all that he's done for me through the years. Well, I didn't know that story. That's, <laughs> wow. Thank you. That's really important for us to hear. Well, I'd like to pray for you. Is that okay? I'll set this back over here if you want, because you don't have to hold it the whole time. <laughs> okay. Let's pray together.
Uh, Father, we, we are grateful to be here together, and I am particularly grateful this morning for, um, for Nellie's life. Uh, I, you know, I bless you for that day when her dad and his two friends set out to find somewhere that was warmer and had fruit and, uh, and ended up in Creston. Uh, what a gift. And I bless you for the heritage of, of welcome in, in this kind of church that was what made her parents want to stay there. Um, we pray that we would, I, I pray that we would receive those things, all of the things that she said, as um, encouragement for us and as part of our heritage together, that we would receive the, the heritage of being a welcoming place, of being a generous place, a place that encourages young people and goes out of our way uh, to help them experience you. And also that we would be a place that prays for and, and hears about and celebrates uh, those kinds of miraculous recoveries. We're so grateful for Nellie's life and for her continued presence with us. Would you bless her as she goes from here? Would you help the peace that she feels to, uh, to move out from her to other people? Would you give her the gift of seeing her prayers answered? We pray all of those things in your name. Amen. Thank you. So nice. Okay. I'm going to just, yeah. Great. Yeah, they're going to come back up. I'm going to just talk for a couple more minutes because um, people are waiting to know what the lie was about me. So, Um, yeah, I love hearing those stories. Thanks for listening with me. Thank you for sharing, Nellie. It's so important for us to hear. Did you learn something new? Yeah. Uh, Before we wrap things up, I just want to invite you to take just a moment and ask yourself, what do I want to remember about what I just heard? It feels awkward when I'm just quiet at the front. But but that's important for us to do because sometimes things just come in and pass and we forget. And when we just take a second to remember, we can really hold on to them. Now consider just for a second, do you have a question that you'd like to ask either Nellie or David um, or anyone else? Is there a question that you want to ask today during coffee hour? I'm sure they would be really happy to chat with you. And in fact, while I was visiting Nellie a few weeks ago, she told me about a series of photo albums that she had just made over the years of pictures from the church, and then she donated them to, uh, to the church. So we put those out for you on the back table to take a look at today. There's five or six albums, and there are going to be some people in there that you know, um, if you can tell who they are with different colored hair. And it is really fun. So I encourage you to take a look through those albums. Uh, they're wonderful. Um, when I was up here, I started by uh, playing Two Truths and a Lie with you. 
remember the three things? You were going to guess which one was a lie. Uh, here are the three things. One is that I attended a French university for the first two years of my degree. The second is that the most exotic pet I've ever had was a pony. And the third is that it snowed every time I've been to Edmonton. All right. Anybody want to guess? Which one do you think was the lie? Number three, the pony one, we're not sure. Uh, okay, well, it turns out it's number two, the, the second one, that's the lie. I did have a pony, and I loved my pony, but the most exotic pet that I ever had was a chameleon named Diego who loved every single person he ever met, which is unusual, except for my housemate Morgan, who one time made him wear a Santa hat to a Christmas party, and after that, he hated her. Yeah. And chameleons, in case you were wondering, show their hatred by turning completely black and hissing at you. So that's scary. Everything is a story. <laughs> right? Everything is a story. And probably one that you want to hear a little bit more about. And so I encourage you to remember that this week and look for opportunities to ask people. Um, thank you. The worship team is going to lead, uh, lead us in a couple more songs. And as you... Sing these songs before we come together for communion. I invite you to pray for the neighbors that you've met today and the neighbors who are all around you. All of us, each and every one, are invited to come to the table with Jesus. And there, every time we come to know him better and know ourselves better and know the people around us.